Hello, welcome back. It is week 101 on Out on That Line. I'm Jeff with my co-host, Alex. As always, Alex, how you doing this week? It's all elementary, Jeff. 101. Out on That Line 101. Track 101. There's nothing to it. ABC 123. That's how we're feeling today. Ain't nothing to it. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, baby. Absolutely. So we've got, uh, I think we, like we said before the show, we've got some meat on the bone this week. We've got some things to talk about. Um, we are going to do an album, as always. And this week, it's going to be probably to no one's surprise, since it's come out since we've recorded last, is the new Bruce Springsteen. It's a covers album, a bunch of soul songs, and it's called Only the Strong Survive. So we're going to get to that later. First, we got a few things to talk about. So I asked you to listen to a certain snippet of a song. So why don't you just kind of describe real quick to the people what you heard there? Uh, it sounded like a metal singer tongue-fucking uh, disposal in a sink. That's uh, probably they should put that on their Spotify because that's a good, that's close. Quite frankly. So the band was called Fugitive. Now, the reason I had you listen to that is because, yes, they are heavy. I went and saw Turnstile last week and opening for turnstile was this band fugitive but also snail mail so what <laughs> so hear me out let me i think how this happened was like snail mail was the build like opening band on this tour or the support band i guess they were going to have kind of like rotating openers depending on what part of the country they're in lots of tours do that just like saves on travel costs makes a lot of sense so I obviously am going to see Turnstile, and I'm excited because I'm also going to see Snail Mail. We did her album a while ago on the show, uh, but I think in general we were both pretty positive on it, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think so. Um, so that kind of fits with Turnstile, because Turnstile, they're a hardcore band, but they're just, they're kind of weird, too. You know, so that's, it would make a little sense if somebody like an indie band was playing with them. Like, it's not, it wouldn't be out of the question, but... But this band called Fugitive and their album called Maniac, it was their third show ever. And they get out on stage and I'm like, man, this band is really, really heavy, like really heavy. The first song, the singer didn't even do anything. He just like grimaced around the stage as he like stomped around. It was just like it was heavy. It was awesome. They had a really good groove. But then I thought about it. I was like, this is their third show. Like, who the F are these guys? And I looked it up. It's members from Power Trip, from Scourge, just from heavy, heavy bands. And then I thought about, like, man, Snail Mail has to follow this. Like, what has she got in the bag that's going to follow, like, one of the literally heaviest bands I've ever seen live just melted this place down. That pit was a disaster down there we were like up on the balcony so i could see right down to it like this band was heavy as hell people were there to see them because of the other bands that they had been a part of and then snail mail comes out and people were restless restless and you could tell she was not having a good time not even a bit and i felt terrible because she sounded good yeah but it's like she's just playing indie rock songs like that's it you know not the band you want to see sandwiched between Fugitive and Turnstile. So I just was like, it was bad booking. Bad, bad booking. That's very questionable. It reminds me of a quote by Doug Stanhope. Nobody leaves the fist fight to watch the band. 
So if it was truly a pitched battle down in the pit, then I, yeah, yeah. After I mean, that, this dude, this lead singer was calling for circle pits. Oh my god! Like, just I, I was, I looked down on that. I was like, man, I'm glad I'm in the right place on this balcony because I'm yeah. too old to be participating in that because it was getting wild in there. It's too close to your wedding to get some kind of grievous mosh pit. Yeah. So yeah, good for you. True. Yeah. Kept all, all my limbs are intact. It was a great show. Turnstile crushed it. Snail Mail at that point only has the option of like setting herself on fire to follow that up. Seriously. And what's she going to do? Like on it? Like, yeah. well, that's not fair. Yeah. You, you just listen to a demon to get his dick stuck in his zipper. Like, <laughs> yeah, kid, that's not fair. And she, cool yeah, trick. you could tell she was not having a good time. Like the crowd was, she was like, oh, if you're bored, well, I'm fucking bored. Because it was just not, you know, the vibes were not, were not oh, right. And no. you can't have her open because she's like, that was only their third show. I don't care what other bands they were part of. Like, they, they're, those bands are famous if you're a metalhead, but like yeah. nobody else knows who they are. Um, so like she deserved to be in that spot on the show, like the support act for Turnstile. But it's just like that, just the timing was, was bad. Yeah, I think at that point you just pay snail mail her money and she just doesn't perform she has a sandwich she sits at panera for like five hours yeah or just, just give her a heads up draws a you know check. just be like hey we're gonna kick in a little extra tonight because i don't think this is gonna be very fun for you yeah we gotta make this <laughs> worth your while because fuck lady you have no idea look at you you're wearing a frock and a brooch yeah it was i mean uh, i don't know it was it was bad booking but overall fantastic show because she was very good it just like you could tell the vibes are off yeah that's yeah. that's a wacky juxtaposition yeah um but i also there's another there's another side of things with live music right now and if folks are living under a rock they probably don't know what we're talking about and i know we really really try not to do this but we do have to bring up taylor swift voluntarily on the show to illustrate our point because i was trying to buy tyler childers tickets having a bear of a time trying to do that could not get it done uh, Marla thankfully saved the day and she's like, this is your Christmas present. I was like, thank you. That's perfect. Could not have been more to just appreciated. Um, and I go to, so I'm trying to buy these tickets. And then I'd also seen obviously Taylor Swift and her fans having a complete and total meltdown over trying to get tickets to her tour. And I remember the Springsteen tickets being a debacle. And just like there seems to be a consistent theme here with Ticketmaster, the amount of control they have over the industry. I mean, it is a monopoly. Like it is the truest definition of the word monopoly when it comes to what they have the capability to do in terms of like artists and who's popular, who's not, all that kind of stuff. Um, but Taylor Swift obviously being like, I don't know, who's more popular than her on the planet right now? Like maybe Beyonce. Rihanna I don't know you know there's like you're got like an upper echelon she's on that um and people were having a meltdown and she has super fans and they are very online people so it was going badly on Elon Musk's Twitter it was going horrendously bad the thing is I feel re I legitimately feel really really bad for all of the Taylor Swift fans who couldn't end up getting tickets and got kind mm -hmm. of mushed in this whole debacle because their entire identity is built around Taylor Swift and their <laughs> the love thing, for her. Dude, the whole thing. 
That is like you hear Christ is coming back and you're like, I, I got to be at the church when he shows <laughs> yes. up. And then you can't get in all of a sudden. It's your one opportunity. Like, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I, that's, the, that's the sort of thing that's crazy to me is how little I care for her music and like really just how bad I think it is. And yet my opinion is this severe minority. You know, I'm I'm like so far down the ladder of opinions that matter on the subject that I can't I don't even I can't even tell you that there's a top to the ladder. There are Swifties, secret Swifties everywhere you go. Everywhere. It is fucked. I a friend of the show Tanner, I was talking to him. I was like, I think I'm going to do a solo review of the Taylor Swift album because I think I am. I think I'm going to listen to it. I'm not going to put you through it. I'm going to give it an objective listen and do like a 7 to 10 minute mini review for the channel. Maybe I will put that out Monday in lieu of the regular show because with mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, you and I aren't going to do one. So yeah. be aware of that, everybody. Um, but I was talking about like, okay, so I'm going to review it. I'm finally going to do it. And he was like, may I ask why you're going to do something you're going to automatically hate? And I got low-key interrogated a little bit. And I was like, no, this is all in, in good fun. This is all in the spirit of objectivity. Mm-hmm. Come to find out he's got skin in the game. It seems like a little bit of a conflict of interest because he may or may not be cohabitating with a taylor swift fan right yes. now but yes. you want to know something else egregious Ooh, i would I'm love to dating one <gasps> girlfriend of the pod she starts she did titrate she was like i i like a couple taylor swift songs i mean oh, i'm no. a i'm a millennial girl who do you know i i like a couple and then it became like, yeah, I mean, just some albums that are really good. Oh, no. <laughs> and then she directly looked me in the face one night and gave me that, like, you're going to hate this kind of look. And she was like, I think I really love Taylor Swift a lot. And she I didn't just like, realize that. She said, I no. think I love so that you had the benefit of like, oh, this just happened. It's random. She was trying to save your feelings. That's, you know, that should be appreciated. But no, she's that's a Swifty. So I guess she had tickets that were like, who knows if people were buying these, but there were tickets that were listing for $23,000 to some of the concerts. What? Yes. Because of the verified like pre-sale thing that Ticketmaster does, same way that Bruce Springsteen, there was like $4,500 tickets that were for sale on there. I, you know, again, who's who knows who's actually buying that stuff, but... Um, the tickets are there. And I'm sure if I went on there and said, I want to pay $4,500 for this ticket, they would let me do it. Oh, they absolutely do. Cause I yeah. had it happen on a microscopic scale. I'm not putting the band or anyone involved on blast. It is not their mm. fault. But when we went to the ghost of Paul Revere's final show this summer, I paid like $74 per ticket to Ghostland. I'm like, it's the last one. Mm-hmm. You know, we like these people. My girlfriend's really into their music. She went to a show and became like obsessed with them. So it's like, this is this is definitely worth it. And at the time, I didn't know that mm-hmm. there was any comparison to me. I'm like, that is the price of the ticket, and I'll pay it, and we'll have a great time. Come to find out, it was the tickets that went before were half that, and mm-hmm. then after a certain point, they went back down to half that. So I happened to buy tickets in this short window where they were <laughs> twice the price. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's just bad luck. Uh, terrible and then we asked i had tanner ask emily about it and she was like there's nothing to be done about that you take your gripe up with Ticketmaster because that's just what they do (laughs) oh my god fucking unreal
<laughs> yeah, I, w- I wonder what the what the Springsteen tickets are going to be going for as we get closer to that in February. I wonder what those Taylor tickets are going to sell for as it gets closer to those concerts. Yeah. I bet those are going to stay very expensive. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of Bruce Springsteen. Mm, speaking you, of Bruce Springsteen. Do you feel like a little transition? I don't have much more to say about how like deplorably evil Ticketmaster is. That's uh, I, th- I think it's a good thing to move okay. on from that because okay. Bruce Springsteen, he put out a little light into the universe here, you know, and I think it's going to be an interesting discussion because like, is this really a Springsteen album or is it not? You know, and I think that's where we're going to kind of have a lot to, to pick off the bone here. Uh, but it is the new covers album. It's called Only the Strong Survive and it's pretty much just all soul songs. I mean, he's got Sam Moore on here from Sam and Dave like twice so you knew exactly if if that's the only name you saw in here like you knew exactly what kind of album this was going to be um now i don't know really why he decided to do this but he's done one-off things in the past with seeger sessions and stuff like that but um you know i was really interested to hear this because i was like well one soul music like he was his voice isn't the strongest thing these days and soul music is pretty much just like well how well can you sing yeah. uh, you know i think it's a lot of it anyway yeah. um and so i just was very interested to hear this and you know kind of went through it a few times and really i think overall i really enjoyed listening to this i think he i think he kind of fit right into a pocket eventually you know I, i've heard better soul singers i'm not gonna lie to you um but overall like the music was arranged very well it was like a very crisp very clean listen um and i really just appreciated the overall just kind of quality of it and interestingly enough it was the quality of it that turned me off to this so for i i pretty much have mm-hmm. the bizarro opinion of everything you just said and i'll preface this with there's nothing wrong with this mm-hmm. album there's nothing bad terrible or a whiff it is quality it is very well executed but you've got a weird confluence of things happening with this so like the music is very well arranged and all that because it's coming from a really really strong basis and it is wonderful soul music that was written that he obviously grew up listening to and was mm-hmm. influenced by and like learned a lot of lessons from you can hear it you can hear passion in this but i just think all these very necessary parts of it never really came together i don't it didn't feel like he pulled this off you ever watched chopped yes okay you know how they say transform the ingredients (laughs) i just didn't like get a sense (laughs) of that here you know what i mean i i can totally hear you on that i think me being Definitely the bigger Bruce Springsteen stand yeah. between the two of us, I think, is definitely I'm wearing rose colored glasses with this because I hear exactly what you're saying um, that at no point does it like really stand out. There's a few songs I really enjoyed a lot more than others yes. on this one. Um, but overall, I think it was just like nice to hear like a new version of Bruce Springsteen for me because I'm just a you know huge fan like that. But also just, you know, it's his kind of interpretation of these of these songs and I've always loved soul music. Like I love Otis Redding, you know, I love Marvin Gaye, you know, I really, really enjoy on a Sunday. Like sometimes there's nothing better than that. You know, you just put some of that on and just kind of let it ride. And I felt like that's the kind of album this is going to be where I'm not going to be like actively participating 
with this album like I will with Born to Run or Born in the USA, you know, or any of his more popular ones that I listen to a ton more. Um, but this is definitely one that's going to be a participant in my life, I guess. Sure. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And I will say I understand you can tell that this the impetus for this came from a good place. He's in, he's demonstrating a lot of knowledge of like some deeper cuts and he's uh, this like deeper knowledge of artists and that's great but it feels like super synthetic to me like the the mix is so clean and crisp and bright Mm -hmm. and it's like for anything else this would have worked but soul is kind of like dark and velvety and like just a little not so rigid so you can kind of like wiggle around in it it's the way that it's all put together soul has such a distinct sound and bruce doesn't have the voice for it and that is i think there's a few i think there's a few points where he like really nails it and i think it's just because things just happen to kind of hit where his register is now um so i think there's some spots because he does know how to sing it's just like a lot of this stuff like i mentioned before it's like soul is it's in the voice you know there's a reason otis redding is captivating when you listen to him because such a distinctive voice but like doesn't miss a note ever like everything is perfect it fits he hits the notes that need to be hit and it's just so mesmerizing i mean marvin Gaye, an even better singer than that but i would say you know it's just like maybe less cap for less of the reasons that otis redding is but i will point out that the producer of this album other than springsteen is this guy ron aniello and he also produced several songs on the Letter to You album. Um, and then he also, I think, worked a lot on working on a dream, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And now you want to talk about an album that Bruce Springsteen fans do not get down with. That that explains a lot to yeah. hear you say that. Yeah. So I think and I, I want to confirm that. So like I'm gonna I'm gonna search through here real quick and just kind of make sure that I'm not talking out of my ass there, but um there's there's some springsteen stuff that he was involved with that people just like were not really down with and i think it was because a lot of it was like very glossy very produced kind of thing and they're used to hearing a little bit more edge but then i also want to say to those people it's like what kind of edge do you expect a mid-70s man to have yeah at this point, you know, that's what that's my question to people. I'm like, he probably just wants this shit to be as easy as possible. And that is it. Well, and and that mentality like reads through this entire thing. It honestly plays off like your uncle decided to do karaoke. He's like, oh, remember those songs we listened to down on the shore when we were kids? And he throws on like impossibly tight skinny jeans, just somebody's uncle. And he does karaoke to songs that he really genuinely loved. Mm-hmm. And that's great you can't say that this he didn't do it wrong but he didn't do it right and one of the big glaring things for me is this was it seems more motivated by nostalgia like it's in that line from fucking soul days where he's talking about i was rolling up my sleeves like james dean and i felt like i was still 19 that to me kind of like gave up the whole concept of the album. Mm-hmm. That's what this is. Is like, man, wasn't it cool being young? My hip didn't hurt all the time. I was getting laid. Music was better. That was a great time. It's well, just... better take my Metamucil. <laughs> I mean, it is it is boomer bait. 
is it's what, boomer I mean, bait. Yeah, I mean, and and I realize that, but it's just, and I I think I completely can understand when someone that's not already into Bruce Springsteen, like this is not going to do it for them. This is not going to be the thing that gets them into Springsteen. You know, the things that I've gotten, you know, Marla to actually be like, oh yeah, I like that. Is like Born in the USA album. It's fantastic, very digestible for people. This is not where I would start people is with things like this or the Seeger sessions. Like I really enjoy that because I love hearing different versions of Bruce. And I'm sure there's other people that you have your artist. Maybe it's Taylor Swift. You have your artist that like whatever doesn't matter what they do. Like you just happy that they're being creative and producing something that you can consume. And that's how I feel about Springsteen. Sure. I I can get down with that. I love Letter to You, but my problem is like he is so cool. Bruce Springsteen is so cool, even for a mm-hmm. seventy three year old man. He has made it this far, and like whatever, done some questionable, shitty things along the way. So of all of us, but you for the most part look at him and you're like, he's had a steady, cool profile mm-hmm. this entire time. This album made him so much less cool to me anyway. I listen to this. I'm like, oh, Bruce Springsteen is finally just like an old man with his pants pulled up to his tits. Like (laughs) this was the turning point for me. I really, um, you know, (laughs) I I paid a lot of money for the tickets to go see him in February. (laughs) So I'm like really hoping that there's not a lot of these songs. Yeah, that he plays like one or two is okay because he's gonna play for like three hours so like one or two songs is fine but you got like i hope he sticks to heavy like pre like the river and previous yeah like i hope he stays heavy on that early half and and it really would mean a lot to me to not hear a whole lot of songs (laughs) from like the last 10 years oh my god (laughs) yeah good luck rolling those dice oh my god dude and and like to to give him his flowers on a couple things there were a couple songs i'm like they range from i could stand to listen to this to well you know like my old (laughs) professor said when you can't say something nice you did it again and i would say do i love you yes i do is good it's got like those familiar like it's got bruce springsteen Mm -hmm. energy cool you do something like Western Union, man, he smushes the chorus on that. Mm-hmm. That's what's like really good for his voice. Yes. Like him trying to do that. You've got the Springsteen grit, which is another problem with how squeaky clean this is, is like he needs that sandpaper and you're mm-hmm. just like, you're making it way too obvious with how like perfect and pristine this yeah. is. And it also robs soul of its sound. So like this just like, he felt a little naked and afraid on this for me, but he, but there were moments where I'm like, all right, all right, he like nailed this, mm-hmm. but it was never really an entire song to me. It was like moment to moment. Yes, and I think a lot of the choruses were definitely the stronger parts of, yeah. of the majority of the songs. I think uh, both the songs that he had Sam Moore on with um, Soul Days and I Forgot to Be Your Lover. Those are both bops. You know, I enjoyed both of those. Uh, but I think I think his voice is much better served obviously in front of the East street band. I think his entire career has proven that. Um, and not just because it's like, Oh, he's nothing without them. I think it's just that style of music. And they happen to be the most capable people at playing that style of music. Um, so his voice is good as if it's a, another part of the band, 
you know, another instrument as part of the whole, not when it's supposed to be like the main character, you know, maybe there was a point in his life where he could be the main character voice in there. You know, I'm thinking probably like seventies, eighties, but it's, I think it's been a while. And I don't know if even back then, if he was necessarily that capable of, of doing that, but like these songs sound good because you know, how would they sound bad? It's Bruce Springsteen. Like he's going to have a producer that puts them together. Speaking of that, working on a dream was Brendan O'Brien, okay. the producer of that one. So he caught some ricochet shots. This guy, Ron Aniello definitely caught some direct shots. <laughs> and I think for good reason here. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I'm going to keep listening to it because, you know, what else am I going to do? I have to, you know, it's Springsteen, but I can absolutely understand this is not the one that's going to get people there. Well, and this, I like this idea you're talking about with the main character and like the main voice. That is what occurred to me listening to this. I would never sit here and like pretend to be like the most like thoughtfully Mm -hmm. social justice oriented person, but listening to this there were several moments where i was like borderline like cringing this is music that is like complete the heart and soul of this music is black artists Mm -hmm. this is a like other than the frankie valley song that's on here this was all black artists and i'm not gonna be like bruce springsteen can't do that it's like oh it it comes from a place of like tribute on his end Mm -hmm. sure but because he doesn't really have the voice for it, he's got the love, not the aptitude. He would have been better served, I think, producing this as like a Bruce Springsteen and Friends type thing, mm-hmm. where you bring on Leon Bridges, Alicia Keys, John Legend, like just you bring yeah. on artists who this also means something to, whether they're familiar with the songs you want to do or just like the accomplishments of people who came before them in the genre. Mm -hmm. This is shit that's relevant to them and pick some people like that don't necessarily have a a national profile. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like up and comers, like there's this girl I was listening to. What was her name? Cause I went on a little journey to see like who has a good voice that would fit. Maybe I didn't write it down. That was very stupid of me. Anyway. <laughs> Let's go to the tape. <laughs> I'm getting ready. I'm like, I'm going to pump this girl's tires. She's going to be so psyched that I did this. Her name is Adi Oasis. There you go. <laughs> that was so good. It only took me two minutes longer than I wanted it to. <laughs> It's okay. God we had damn the time. It, I suck. We had yeah. the time. It's fine. We got it in there. But you know what I'm saying <laughs> is like, it would have been cool to see him bring on black artists and do this with them. Because this mm-hmm. just felt like a Bruce Vanity project, again, that comes from a place of love. But if you really wanted it to be like as successful as it could be for the material, not just Bruce Springsteen having fun doing stuff he loves, but like I cherish the material so much that it's bigger than me. So Mm -hmm. I'll be involved, but I've got to get people that can execute this to the best of its ability. And we're going to make a sick fucking album. Like I think what would have been better here. And this is, this is like a fantasy draft type of thing here. If they had the E street band, play like the E street versions of these soul songs and then had like really kick-ass soul singers be the lead vocals and like Bruce, like sing it with them, you know, but like they take the, 
the high parts, the hard parts, you know? Yeah. Sing choruses together. I completely agree that it should have been the E Street Band as the band and put their little spin on it and then bring in these other artists mm-hmm. and create something well, that would have been magical. Steve Van Zant plays soul music. I know. I had like, that that's what down, he dude. does. <laughs> like, I had that written down in my notes was um, for Soul Days. I was like, this sounds like something better suited for Little Steven mm-hmm. and Soulfire, you know? Yeah, just I, I think it was, you know, I really, I think I liked this album a lot more than, I think I liked a lot more before I talked about it on the podcast. <laughs> I just like I'm totally, I mean, I'm just thinking back on it and, and the songs that I liked, like I think I'll still like, but I just don't think overall it was necessary, you know? And, and it, it harkens back kind of to the Eddie Vedder album. And, like, I think the more we talked about that, we talked ourselves into being like, this is pretty bad, huh? Yeah. (laughs) I don't think either of us was crazy about it. And then the more we talked, we're like, oh, this is actively bad. Yeah. This is not actively bad, but this is just, like, hard to justify. You know what I mean? Because, again, it's missing me on a lot of fronts. I don't buy the voice. I thought of something I would have liked better, so that was stuck in my head the whole time. Not like mm-hmm. I'm smarter than him, yeah. but I found something personally I would have been more interested in, which was having these black artists on. Um, I'm not a boomer, so I'm not baited by this kind of stuff. Remember those days hanging out by the Village Green? Of course we do. They were phenomenal. <laughs> not my thing. So <laughs> I, I think um, I love Bruce Springsteen, and there's nothing wrong. Again, he didn't do it wrong, but he didn't do it right. So with that kind of an endorsement, I have to say, skip it. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm still gonna say stream it because I could not, in good conscience, tell you to skip any Bruce Springsteen output. Folks. That's a rare, uh, uh, yeah. split there for us. Yeah, it is. But I just, you know, I can't. I have to sleep tonight. Sure. You know, I respect a, that. Yeah, I gotta, gotta be able to function. Um, and so we have a little piece of news that we haven't talked about quite yet. On the, usually we nail this a lot earlier, but it's the YouTube. Mm. And we got to tell people we really, really enjoy the responses. We're getting close to 1,200 subscribers on there right now. Crazy. From where we started, like it's been the last several months, has been a whirlwind. It has been excellent. We have some things coming up in the next couple weeks as well. I'll let, uh, I'll let you expound a little more on that. We're just going to start coasting into... The end of the year here like we said we don't have an episode coming out next week thanksgiving we've got so much to do you have so much to do so we're all going to take a week off but i'm going to replace the podcast like i did this past week with the zappa video i'll have a little sweet treat in the hopper so that you don't go a monday without out on that line content because that's the mm-hmm. kind of thing we're doing here as we move into the dying days of december which is where I think, based on the schedule, we will have room for, I think, one or two more albums before mm-hmm. we do the best and worst of 2022. Oh, yes. Cannot wait. This is our, This is the third annual, isn't it? The third annual. I feel like Bart Scott. Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait. It's going to be so good. <laughs> We've got so much to chew over this year. Yes. So that's going to be great. We're coasting right into that. And then I think in 2023, we're going to just like – really kind of dazzle the people with some new stuff. We're going to try mm-hmm. some new series, some new ideas. 
-hmm. We're going to mix it up. We're going to keep reinventing ourselves. And as a new year begins, so too does a new stage in the evolution of Adam that line. Yes. But you're only going to be able to see that happen if you go to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash out on that line. This is literally the only way. I'm doing Trump hands over here, guys, so you know it's serious. <laughs> you can't see it, but I'm doing it. I got that energy locked in. This is this is it. This is your moment. Get on over to the YouTube, subscribe, notifications on, comments on the videos. Again, that address is youtube.com forward slash C forward slash out on that line. Until next time.